Today's guest is Fergus Flanagan. Uh, Fergus is a magician slash presenter, has won a BAFTA award and appeared on multiple TV shows. And up until COVID-19 shut the world down, he was taking center stage with a magic show that essentially shone a light on mental health and explored the life of a working magician. Since then, and since the world's been put on pause due to the ongoing pandemic, Fergus has hosted over 200 virtual magic shows to people in their living room, which is how I actually met Fergus. So, Fergus, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me here, Ben. Um, it's lovely to be on. How are you doing? Good. Yeah, I'd say average, average to good. As good um, as you can during a global pandemic. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Is, is it a pandemic? Should we go out? Should we stay in? Like it's it's different different news every day. I know it's exhausting, isn't it? Trying to um trying to know what the right wrong thing to do is. So I've um I've just stuck to being sensible, using common sense, wearing a face mask in closed areas, and uh, not reading the news every day. That sounds like a good plan. <laughs> <laughs> so how are the virtual magic shows going so far yes yeah, so i've done uh like you mentioned sort of over 200 now and um it's been bizarre but amazing um i've done uh shows around australia us canada uk europe um i've performed huge corporates for hundreds of people and then down to sort of um small one-on-one uh, household gigs for maybe a birthday or a celebration or just people that want to escape the monotony of lockdown <laughs> <laughs> and when I when I felt we first uh come into contact it was actually because I reached out to you to organize uh one of these uh virtual magic shows, yeah that's right yeah which you know which uh, you know, being a fan of magic misdirection and so on um absolutely loved have you changed things up as things have gone along have you found there's been actually quite an interesting learning curve to doing things on the other end of a zoom call definitely i think um you know initially i sort of played it quite safe and then i realized um actually what are some of the limitations of doing it through a screen and and, and through having like a locked off lens and a fixed angle um all the things that were kind of causing me troubles initially have their advantages. And I kind of changed the show and the show evolves. Um, I put new things in, I take new th I take uh, old things out just for my own uh, sanity as well, you know, just to keep things fresh for me. I think that's, um, that's important because if I go and do the show, um, sort of a bit dead behind the eyes, then, uh, then yeah. you know, the bookings, the bookings will swiftly stop. <laughs> it's, um, it's incredible. It's sort of, exhausting it's like going out on stage um you it requires an energy that is um completely throw completely thrown me you know it wasn't something i was expecting i kind of thought hey you just sort of sit there and chat through a camera but mm. actually you kind of have to bring an energy to it like you do on a stage and do you find that I assume that when you're on a stage, you are feeding off the energy of, of a crowd, which is you know probably larger than a crowd you're doing it to on a Zoom call. And I get the impression you can probably feed off of that energy quite a lot. And that must be quite different, again, on a Zoom call. 
Oh gosh, yeah, massively. Um, sometimes <laughs> you'll sort of do the big reveal and you'll be doing a court for a hundred people and everyone's muted and it's just silence. Um, <laughs> which, uh, it's not good for the old ego, but um, you know, you, you, you can see people reacting and, and, and the feedback I've been um, fortunate so far has been lovely, but yeah, it's, it's a very different thing. The beats are very different. The, the, um, moments are very different and and the reactions are um are different some people kind of still react sort of big and scream like they do in in, in the real world and then you know i've had some shows where i thought people hated that and then they've they've booked me again or they've booked me for their company or something like that so so you don't quite know and that takes a real um adjustment um, especially I tend to take everything personally. So yeah, I, I was going to say like, they hate me. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, we were talking before this about um, being quite self-critical. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I imagine there's an element of when you, I was listening to something about comedians going on stage. I don't know if this is similar for magicians, but there's something about somebody who goes on stage every night to make people, you know, laugh or smile or be amazed that is this sense of deep down it's saying um i need external affirmation tell me that i'm doing a great job <laughs> oh yeah yeah i think that's that's uh, <laughs> very true of, of sort of most performers i think yeah it's interesting um yeah no 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 it is it, it, it's it's totally i think um you know and it takes for <laughs> very little to, to shake me. I could have a thousand, I could have 10,000 good shows in a row and, and, and one average one. And I think that was it. I'm useless. And uh, <laughs> the audience hate me and I need to think of a change of career. Um, it's, it's, it's as yeah. swift as that for me, which is, is, um, is tiring. It's a curse. It absolutely is. Um, you know, I have it in the, I have the same trait in, in my day job where I can do you know, 10 things in a row, great. And I do something below average and I just think, oh, well, that's it. I might as well just give up. Um, I'm interested to kind of rewind a bit in the life of Fergus Flanagan and look at where it all kind of began for you and how you got into, you know, magic and showmanship. So was there a time where, you know, as typical as being five years old and finding a deck of cards and some dice or was it more of a conscious decision to to move into the, you know this industry i think what what happened well i know what happened because uh this isn't the first time i've told this story but um i got into magic when uh a friend of mine called jeremy russell um his name has been mentioned a lot of times he um he showed me a coin trick and he just made a coin vanish and that was it it was as simple as that um and that was it it sounds cliched and contrived but i was in from that point i was there i loved it i wanted to know everything i was amazed i was more amazed at how i'd been um fooled you know how i'd been sneakily done over um and then i picked up a magic set and that was it, a little Marvin's magic set from a shop near me and um and I was in from there and then and then you know I just I think it, it kind of started as a sort of hobby and didn't know if I would continue it or if it would go on and then um I started picking up books and videos and learning more and it just became consuming I think you know um anything in my life I tend to be 
pretty obsessive uh, about you know sport was a huge part of my life for a long time and uh, I was obsessive about that magic I'm obsessive anything I do I tend to kind of um get very into so um so yeah that was kind of it I never really looked back from that first coin trick going forward until mm. your first kind of uh, I don't know performance show or whatever do you remember what that felt like for the first time yeah, I, I can sort of remember doing show. I, I remember my first corporate being, I think when I was about 14 or 15 at oh, the wow. Epsom Derby, the races, um, <laughs> which, you know, immensely kind of intimidating to be walking around tables uh, performing magic. So you'd think, um, but strangely, when you're sort of 14 or 15, you just have, of course, you have lots of anxieties and lots of stuff to unpack, but you have a strange confidence mm. Um, you know, if I asked an adult to approach a table and introduce themselves now, that would be terrifying. But at kind of 14, 15, it just seemed like, oh, okay, this is the thing you sort of do now. And, um, and that's kind of fine. So I remember taking um, to it quite easily. And actually, um, I think as you kind of, as you get older, it just becomes, you know, you become more self-conscious and more critical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and there's a, there's certainly something to performing magic that you know i have practiced and got average at you know a few tricks and i enjoy the reaction i get to my seemingly awful ability to present those tricks but <laughs> there's definitely something there even at that level you know lord knows at your level and, and broader that the ability to take people out of the now and for that split second, they have forgot absolutely everything and they are just focused on how, how what did I see? Yeah, definitely. I think um, there's a real thing with magic where it just, because, you know, you, you kind of, you, your audience know that magic doesn't exist. Um, sorry to any listeners that <laughs> uh, ruined that for you. But, um, you know, most uh, audiences will go, well, obviously, there's an explanation, but I can't see that explanation. So um, that is such a like, interesting kind of space that we don't tend to experience in most other things we do, if anything else we do. So, um, you know, I think that was what got me in straight away. That was the pull. It's kind of the hook the bug um and that's what kind of what i think gets you gets you in um and it, and it's it's not discriminatory <laughs> um it doesn't matter if you're you're 90 or you're nine um you're a cynic you're a believer um magic has that ability to just grab people um for a, for a moment and kind of um you know, everyone, if everyone, if you're amazed, you react the same. It doesn't matter if you're a believer or a cynic, you kind of, um, <laughs> you know, the reactions are, are, are the same. So it's quite, um, it's quite unusual in that respect. Did that make any sense, that answer? Absolutely did. Yeah. Um, what I'm interested in, though, is do you still get that feeling when you see other people perform? Has it got to be something quite unique? Yeah, yeah, I think so. It, only because, um, you know, I've been doing it so long, Ben, that it's kind of, you just, you know, most kind of uh, concepts and moves and slights and gimmicks and all of those sorts of things. So, um, 
it, it, it's quite unusual to be fooled. Um, having said that, you know, it, it's not like, um, it's, it's not impossible by any, uh, any stretch of the imagination. And, and I love it when I am fooled. There's a real thing amongst magicians, which um, they hate being fooled. So um, uh, uh, what will often happen at magic conventions? Yes, magic conventions. That's actually a thing we go to. Um, how sad is that? But Sounds when, awesome. When you're, <laughs> what are you talking when, about? <laughs> um, when you'll see a, a magician performing for another magician, they'll do something. And, and, and it's flawed, everyone. No one knows how it's done. I mean, the, the place should be erupting. And they'll just be a, mm, very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Smart that, ass. That'll, that'll be the reaction. Mm, very nice. Because magicians don't want to go, oh, my God, I've no idea how... how um, how you've done that there's there's strange um egos in in magic which is why i stayed clear of the magic world for a very long time um because it, it's quite an odd place i've consequently learned it's actually a lovely place with lots of lovely people um but for a while i was kind of uh, a bit reticent to <laughs> to get involved in that sort of strange world so talking of a strange world you've somehow managed to weave the topic of mental health into your live show how how is that even possible? Well, you'll have to see the show then. Well, you'll have to get me some tickets, Fergus. <laughs> <laughs> um, the kind of ultimate ambition from the start was, and this is a direct bit of script, um, you know, if one person could feel 1% better and a little less weird towards feeling a bit fucked up some of the time, then this show has a purpose. Um, and, you know, that really was the, the the heart and lungs of the show was kind of if, if anyone could feel better from watching it that would really have served a purpose and part of the emotional journey was the messages man I was getting on like Instagram social media emails texts whatsapps of people just opening up after the show um sending me long things that things they'd never really talked to anyone about um and actually directly after the show um I kind of end it sort of quite informally and uh, encourage people to to hang around at the end of the show down the bar at the Head and Chickens Theatre in Islington. Fantastic theatre, brilliantly run. Um, and when I would go down there um, after the show, people were just sitting in pockets on tables in groups, sharing their own stories about their own anxieties and their own worries and their own fears. I'm not trying to make the show out like an Oprah episode or, or like it is some, you know, some crazy kind of um, like people, people come out um, feeling, feeling terrible about themselves. It was a real warmth and a real, a real kind of love. And um, that was just something I never expected. I don't think never, ever expected any of um, the sort of team expected. I think it really took everyone by surprise. And um, it was the most lovely thing and the most beautiful thing of the whole show. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess it just shows you the power in sort of sharing. It sounds like things. you had, yeah, it sounds like you had a very authentic, well, people had a very authentic reaction to clearly somebody speaking very authentically about their own experiences. Um, and I think, especially on a topic related to mental health, that when somebody wears their, you know, their, their emotions or mental health on their sleeve those that can relate to it, it really clicks with them you know um moving on from some of the, the the stage 
um, work you've mm. done. But in terms of generally making it as a, you know, a performer, magician, presenter, it is constant knocking on doors, knocking on doors, day in, day out, day in, day out, until you get a break or the next level up or the next thing. Is that quite common in, in the industry in which you're in? Is, is there a level of tenacity um, that you and perseverance that you really have to have coming into this? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I, uh, I say in the, in the theatre show, you have to be thick skinned, <laughs> um, which is uh, hilarious uh, given who is saying that line. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's absolutely, you have to kind of be, be constantly sort of hunting for, for the work and, you know, you're running a business. So it means you've got to be found, you've got to be seen, you've got to, write content film footage edit you know there's just there, there is a lot to do um and at times i've kind of uh i've certainly struggled with that or, or or doing those sorts of things and kind of um haven't done maybe as much as i should but then when do you know if you've quite done enough um yeah. i guess it's kind of yeah you've got to be i mean now as well with social media you know people people hammer it out. I don't know how they do it. I mean, it must just be. Must yeah. Just be awesome. It's, it's um, you tend to find that people will spend a day just creating content and editing it and then just scheduling it to go out, um, which is good. You know, it does reach a good audience. I, I, I came across you in a very, do you know what it actually was? Um, I think, um, I think it was, Darren Brown either shared something of yours or liked something and it come up on my explore feed, um, which then I clicked through to yours, uh, you know, what he was liking or sharing, whatever. Um, and then I saw that you were holding virtual magic lessons. So well, not magic lessons, sorry, magic, uh, virtual show. Um, so it's, it was, that was a very organic process, um, which I think people breeze over too easily um, and just hammer on the uh, Facebook ads, which, Let's face it, you know, the Facebook ads are doing everybody's head in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Looking back on, you know, where you started from that first coin trick to, you know, your first corporate gig at 14 to then the, you know, the live shows you've done to the virtual uh, magic shows you, you're currently doing. What, what, is your kind of key piece of advice to someone wanting to pursue a career as a you know entertainer magician i think that the the number one thing that I, I especially in magic because it's it's quite a lonely pursuit um in terms of you know you go to gigs on your own you come back on your own you wait in the green room on your own um uh, you know not sorry in a boo who woe is me no, way but no, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think find people that um, that really have your back and are in your corner. And I've been really, really fortunate actually in in the people um, that I've kind of met, and and that really has kind of carried me through. And that would be my number one thing. I think find someone that's kind of can be your rock. That's whether that's bouncing ideas off, needing emotional support, um, is going to throw you the odd gig. You're going to throw them the odd gig, whatever that is. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the kind of thing that has kept me sane 
And I think that's very good advice specifically for, you know, relevant for that industry, but also on day to day, you know, if you surround yourself with assholes, you're going to be an asshole. You know, you are the sum of, was it, what was the quote? Something like you are the sum of the people you, you surround yourself with. Um, if you want to look at how others might see you, you look at the people in your closest circle. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, um, if you have people around you who are not only just kind of supportive, but are really good people, it just, it, 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 it hopefully makes you kind of adopt a, 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 the, the same nature. And because you're doing that, they then do that in turn and the whole mm. thing becomes self-perpetuating. Um, I think it's, yeah, it's just, it's absolutely kind of, as, as you know, a broader, not that I, I would ever give any life advice to, to, to anyone, but um, I think it's a good general rule for existing and being a human. But I think um, particularly in, in the entertainment industry, I think it's, and, and particularly as a solo artist, I think if you can find those people, um, then that's the kind of that's a, that's just a really really good start <laughs> yeah yeah oh, that's good i'm sure people are going to find that very very useful be it within that industry or not so looking you know into the future now like mm-hmm. obviously we don't really know where the end is in sight of pandemic life um i know that you know as of recording this two weeks after opening the shops the government have now decided that it might be a good idea to mandate face mask in the shops um i'll pass no judgment on that though <laughs> so what do you have anything exciting planned for the future are you just kind of more focusing on these virtual magic shows and then once the green lights on you're gonna you know look to gear up with the live shows again yeah so so look i'm, I'm loving the virtual shows and um they're still going strong the theater show is is my baby it's uh, the thing i I love and I can't wait to get back to and um you know it kind of I think it's good for me as well because it it, it the show's so open I talk about it so much um that uh, I think it's quite a healthy endeavor um and then I'm I'm gonna do one of those really annoying things that people do on on podcasts and such where they say I've got something really exciting planned but I'm not going to tell you what it is. <laughs> um Talking of uh, uh, sort of rocks and people being fantastic humans, um, Neb, the guy I mentioned earlier who directed the show, um, we've got a project that will be launching in, in 2021 that um, I'm just so excited about. And I get to work with him and, uh, you know, he has been a massive part of my, my career, actually, in my life um, in general. So, um, you know, we're really looking forward to that. And the project, I think, is going to be, well, look, you'll have to have me back on and then I'll come back on and talk about it. I'd love to. Absolutely love to. Uh, I don't know if that was much of a tease or if that's just made everyone <laughs> tune out. <laughs> no, it just makes you sound like, well, I don't know, I've got something, but I'm not telling you. <laughs> but you know what? That's a very common thing when people have got something planned they can't talk about. You don't want to talk about it too soon. You don't want to ruin the surprise. So um, I'm going to... Oh, one thing, actually, is... Um, so with the theatre show, it was... Obviously, it was about creating, hopefully, a great show. And, and, and it's an entertainment show first and a magic show first. Um, but, you know, the show was... So I have OCD, which even as I say that out loud, my bum cheeks literally just tightened um, because it's just something I've kept private for 20 years. Um, 
you know, friends I've had for my entire 25, 30 years, never, never knew I had OCD and, and suffered so severely with, with anxiety. So the show was always kind of about um, just putting that out there. You know, I say in, in one of the opening bits, this show is like a, a mass therapy with, you know, each one of you having a vital role to play by simply being here. Um, and the best part is I've charged you £12.50 for me to do that. There's a little gag for you. Um, and um, so, you know, it was always about that. And then I applied very, very late to Edinburgh Fringe, never thought I'd get accepted. And then Underbelly gave me an offer, which, you know, is my dream. That was my number one choice. Wow. So the show will be going to Edinburgh Fringe next year now. That's what Fringe are doing. They're pushing back, postponing the shows a year. Yeah. So I'm so excited about that, um, Ben. And that's going to be, you know, just a massive thing. Firstly, to kind of put the show on that platform. And then secondly, to just be that sort of vulnerable on that sort of platform, which is a really hard thing to do, but it's also the most rewarding thing I've ever done in my career by a mile um is just laying it all out there and then um you know you kind of feel a, a, a little bit broken after immediately after probably what all the tears are about poor neb um <laughs> but the the reward after that it, it, it is so much more for just that honest and authenticity and openness and um and when in terms of edinburgh fringe um, when you've been performing the show multiple times there, I'm not familiar with how the concept works. Oh yeah. So, um, Edinburgh fringe is 24 days. I think that's right. In a row, um, wow. a show every day. So it's full on man. Like people, friends of mine who have worked, um, on it have, uh, <laughs> have just said like they lost weight they yeah, couldn't sleep the adrenaline and then the crash afterwards um but again my sort of my slightly obsessive addictive nature will um <laughs> kind of appeals to me even though i'll probably hate every second leading up to it hate most of the process but then be delighted i did it after um such is life <laughs> such is life um, I'm obviously I'm being I'm being facetious. I will um I will 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 love it and I will cherish cherish it. But it, I I'm well aware of the the commitment that it it takes and the toll it takes on people. Well, so look, I'm trying you know building things during it to be as kind to myself as possible. Yeah, you yeah I think that's um yeah definitely a a, a good good plan. Um, especially for that month length of time as well. Um, so. Look, I want to thank you first of all for for coming on the show. Um, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of um, magic, as I said at the beginning of this episode, and I'm definitely a a fan of yours. And I look forward to being able to hang out in person and um, chew the fat in real life um, sometime soon. Um, Thanks those, so much, Ben. For those that want to find you, follow you, book you whatever um tell listeners how they can get hold of you so um all my social media is at magic fergus how did i ever think that up um <laughs> genius handle um and um my website's fergusflanagan.com info at fergusflanagan.com um that's that's where where i'm at awesome well 
I'm definitely going to be coming to a show as soon as they're back on and I will do absolutely everything I can to get up to Edinburgh Fringe as well and um, try and tell you at least one of the days that you're performing that it was a good job and to not cry. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. That will be much needed. Fergus, thank you once again and I look forward to catching thanks so much, up with Thank you for listening to the Getting It Done podcast. I've been your host, Ben, and I'll catch you on the next one.